0: Welcome. Our podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company. They are a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support the members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits to them. Do not wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each and every month with our coffee club, the coffee that gives back all right folks thank you again for tuning in to another episode
1: of bucks of america podcast i'm really excited tonight this is the first one in a month and tonight's a pretty special guest i have brett smith Now, what makes him or brett Schmidt makes what makes him so interesting is that he shot himself a massive buck his name is mr big or mr big correct and he's sh- he's just shaking his head yes you're right you're just like i'm an idiot yeah. anyways but what makes this buck so unique it's 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 green score is 190 this thing is just massive and it's shot in minnesota and minnesota is known for big bucks but not very often you know because it's like it's very difficult to get overshadowed from wisconsin and iowa and illinois and kansas but minnesota is in the top five for producing massive bucks so there, you cannot discredit them or discard them because they produce such good quality and that's because of the dnr and the management there and what makes it so cool is that chris ham himself told me "Like, dude you need to have him on your podcast so he sent me his information i hit him up on, on on facebook and here we are tonight Soon as it was pretty much the same day, he messaged you. He reached out to me. It's like, dude, you need to have him on there. And he even followed up to me. Did you reach out to him yet? And, and and here we are, obviously. And it's it's interesting because you sent me the video of, it. and it's like you've been this buck has played an integral role in your life for the last four years or five years. Uh, I mean, this is this is the fourth year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Known. So what's, what, uh, how'd you find Mr. Big? What's like out of, cause he, you showed me several pictures of the land you're hunting on. There's a lot of bu- nice looking bucks on there. And I think there's some descendants of, uh, Mr. Big on that land. So what made him stick out amongst all the other bucks?
2: Well, I mean, four years ago, you know, it kind of, uh, my property or, and I'm sure everyone else's, uh, you know, you don't always have. Huge buck to chase every year, mm-hmm. uh, and actually, four years ago when he first showed up, I knew he was a younger buck, meaning like I think I think he was four year old, and uh, he he was the biggest buck on the farm at the time. Okay, he's about one hundred and forty inches, maybe one hundred forty five inches. Okay, uh, so but again, you need a target to chase after, mm-hmm. and he was that buck and then uh i actually the the uh the crp field that i first saw him um when i arrowed him was the same field that i first saw him 4 years ago okay he was in the same field and he was nudging a doe and and that that was kind of his hill i mean that that's where he lived okay uh, he didn't stray far and so yeah and then i mean then the following year uh, i never even saw him i mean a lot of pictures mm-hmm. uh never saw him on hoof. and then the the next year same thing okay and so so and i'm and i'm on 14 days straight and that's not including all the other times that's just the deercation that's 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 two weeks off straight but i usually on average you know I, I i sit in stand at least 40 sits a year probably more you know closer to that 60 okay sits a year um so i get out there quite a bit but during those 14 days i mean i'm i'm hunting hard uh i start you know first thing so i morning hunt and then about usually if, if you know nothing too crazy is going on not much activity i will uh head back and uh well i'll go check all my cameras all all right cards everything like that and just see what the deer activity was for that morning and then i'll sit the evening and then do the same thing every day for 14 days straight uh that's pretty much my routine Mm -hmm. um and yeah it would it the the thing about this year i guess was i I felt like i learned quite a bit uh about him and his home territory uh you know i i think i figured out that he was living on pretty much 20 acres of land uh and not really straying from it okay uh and that was uh eye-opening to me instead of running all my cameras You know, on all over the place trying to figure out where he's living. It's like I honed in on him and figured out where he was living, and I put all my concentration effort into that small chunk, chunk of land.
1: That's that's pretty interesting. So, what did you like? Because every hunter has an approach to their stand, such like that. And I wonder, did if over the last three years, did he learn? Did he pattern you? Because we understand that deer, they learn from us as well. Do you think that may have played a role when you were walking around? and Like when you only saw him at night? Um,
2: You know, I can't, obviously I can't say for sure, but I don't, I don't think so. I think he was just homebody. He just, mm-hmm. he, he stayed where he was comfortable and that's why he made it. He lived as long as he did. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to think. And, and again, years past, I was, spread myself in i mean i was hunting a lot of different areas where if i were to just hunkered down i mean he was he was still showing up daylight in areas that i i just wasn't sitting there at that point you know, i have stands all over the place so
1: that kind of makes sense that kind of puts a a shines a light to the the what you were doing because that makes sense because like i've done in my youth it's or years over the years like i would spread myself out to more spots and then before uh as i've gotten older i stick to one spot to a nice funnel spot and just kind of do some proper uh, uh scent management because like i got a scent bag up there and my bag is just is scent controlled on top of that i use the real earth scent and then i splash in some nose jammer and it's been the game changer for me i have a complete different res- uh, upper most respect for that product because it's like i've had deer walking in six seven yards and like they know something there but they don't know what it is And the nice thing is i'm able to let them walk by and not spook and i think it's like having that kind of mentality it's like instead of going all over these different spots here and stuff like that it's like it's it's nice to hone everything in And plus nice it sounds like you you've kept your cameras in a a smaller area instead of so you so what it sounds like is like you started out and then as the years progressed you moved your cameras into more of a focused area because from what i understand older mature bucks they don't like to move much they like to go to the bed go to the feed go right back and then they have their does with them which makes sense because like what a 190 class is like an eight and a half year old buck nine and a half year old buck so it, it's found its little niche it's found its comfort zone and you just happen to be in its bedroom
2: yeah yeah i mean that's that's what you're looking for um just staying around him right mm-hmm. the more you're around him the more often you're around him um, within his core area the better your chances to see him mm-hmm. and this year so out of four years i saw him year one uh and i didn't see him the, the next two years okay this year i saw him three times okay in in the week that i was hunting him and uh two times where he was heading back and he, and he was just cruising he was he was heading back to bed mm-hmm. is what he was doing uh he wasn't you know, nose wasn't to the ground. wasn't any other deer near him. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, when when I first see him, uh, my f- I'm I'm gonna grunt at him. Mm-hmm. You know, just to like try to get him to okay, stop and take a look, and maybe he can come, or maybe he'll come and and check out to see what you know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, he didn't care. I mean, he didn't even flinch. And and I know he heard it. You know, he was, he was close enough and it wasn't like it was super windy. He had to have heard it, but okay. he, I mean, he didn't even, didn't stop nothing. I mean, he, he was just going, he knew where he was going and nothing was going to stray. Um, and I think, and again, I don't know all, but as, as hunters, I think we all kind of, uh, we have our own, we, We have our own perspective on how deer act, why they act a certain way and and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Uh, But he was just uh, a homebody. And he didn't have when you get that big, he's like the king of the forest, right? Instead of him having to go out like younger bucks and Mm -hmm. running miles to try and find that first hot doe and nudging does even though they're not ready, he just sits there and he's like, I'm gonna just sit here, not gonna waste any energy and those does are gonna to come towards me. A good buddy of mine, very good buddy of mine who's killed some giant white tail, and elk for that matter, huge elk hunter too. Uh he me and him were talking. He's like, Man, you know, these these big mature white tails, it's funny because it's it's like they're elk, you know, the big herd bulls, they don't that, that have like 70 head of cattle. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're sitting there rounding all the cattle up and keeping all the bows or all the other bulls from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Those cows want want him to breed them. Yeah. That, it makes sense. Why don't you want the best to be bred by? True. Yeah. And uh, I I don't know.
1: Again, it's just a theory, but it makes sense to me it kind of does because it's like you're right because like when when you when you when you have what i when i first put him in my hands is like that rack is just so big and it's like you know it's like he is the the king of the forest when you have that it's like i like that logic i don't see anything wrong with it. it it follow it makes sense on that right there like with the buck that i showed you mine he was the bully he was the king of the hill from my little area right there. And there was and it's like I've shown you pictures of bigger antlers than this guy has, but it's like I think it was his confidence, his white at him. Cause the first year I I, I called him in by, by bleeding at him. I used a, like a younger bleat, like you use like the three bleats in a row. Mm-hmm. And I I got him coming in chasing three does. You know, so I'm just telling me cause my girl my wife at the time, or my girlfriend at the time now is my which is my wife, uh we were just we were, we were joking i like, just take one of them just need to take one for the team and i'll shoot one of your little sisters we'll call it good well then when i brought him in i just used a mature um uh, doe grunt and like where i just spent spent a lot of time on youtube and listen to it like where they do this low guttural sound like and, and they just just extend out and it's like every guy that listened, like from Dury instead of listening to how he would describe a mature doe when I do this call, it's like, I am ready. I am DTF right now. And so it's like, and that's what I did. And sure enough, he comes trotting out at 40 yards and then comes walking around. Yeah. It's it's, it's amazing. Like what, what could you, what you can do because sometimes less is more. Like I have myself haven't rattled the buck in yet. So it's like I still haven't quite figured out that uh, uh, tone, you know, like when to do it. Like it's it's just one of those things where so you, you can. there's a lot of great advice out there. But until you actually make it happen, it's very difficult to connect it to because, like, well, do I do it at eight o'clock in the morning? Do I do it at a, uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon? Like, when's the best time? When do when do when are these bucks in this in this area fight?
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean that's a great point, and I there's not only one way to skin a cat.
1: Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. So I agree with you on that.
2: So I mean, everyone has their own tips and tricks, right? That work for them, and that's a great part about hunting whitetail because there isn't a certain way to do it everybody's land is different everyone's deer herd is different um it's just that's why i love that's why i love the sport Mm -hmm. that's why i can't get enough of it but um yeah i mean you know i've had pleasure of chasing quite a few big bucks uh just in my time in in my area and um i've screwed up way more than i've been successful uh
1: unfortunately (laughs) i'm the same boat too i've been i've been calling at times and Uh, it's like i'm calling one direction and the animals show up behind me damn it yeah (laughs) it's like it's like it's not happened once it's happened like three times like when am i gonna learn my lesson especially when you're sitting on the ground it's like i need to turn myself around call that way and then hopefully they come the way i want them to show up yeah i so,
2: I mean, as far as rattling goes, my, like what, what I've had best luck is when I'm sitting in cover, uh, and it's not dead quiet because they will, I mean, from 300, 400 yards away, if it's dead quiet and you hit horns, I mean, they will pick your tree out and see you and they're gone. I've had it happen. No kidding. Oh yeah.
1: Yes. Did, did it happen to you with the between you and Mr. Big or was it from a no different buck? It, yeah, different buck. I've
2: we I've rattled in uh you know, decent amount of deer over the years, but I've also screwed up on I've seen a lot run away too. Uh, and so that, I mean you can either either rattle just a blind rattle, or mm-hmm. you're just, you know, okay, just let's see if we can get something going or you actually see the buck and know that he's not coming your way, which is exactly what happened to Mr. Butt. big, I knew he wasn't coming past me. So it was, how am I going to try and get him here? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in both circumstances, I mean, especially when, when you see the deer, uh, the thicker, the area that you're in is going to be the better because they can't see what is in there. So they have to come check it out where if you're, you know, sitting on a, on a field edge or something, you hit the horns and that, that deer could be, you know, 200 yards away. They probably aren't going to come really much closer. They're, they're definitely not going to come in bull range because they can see what, mm-hmm. where the noise is coming from. So what's yeah. the point? If they don't see anything, they ain't going to come, you know?
1: Well, that makes logical sense right there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I've always had, best luck sitting in some cover I mean uh, and with mr big it was you know a, a bottom like of a little bit of a valley and it's a lot of uh um gosh what's the uh what's the tree just the shit tree um buckthorn gosh that's gonna bother me anyway it, i mean the trees do not grow straight right Mm -hmm. and there's limbs coming all over the place uh tough to find a stand but they also die left and right too so it is a tangled mess down where where i'm hunting okay and there's crp on i'm sitting uh there's crp on one side of me and there's corn on the other so i have a lot of cover and um in that area and it was also windy which helps i like some wind cover uh when when rattling for sure as well again for me it's more i don't want them to pinpoint where i'm at mm-hmm. and so having any kind of that that cover wind cover noise anything like that is uh, a benefit
1: that is a good point I, f- I made a mistake here about three weeks ago. I went to go set and I, I was sitting in a funnel and I knew there was going to be some activity walking out. Well, when I got out there, I bleeded a couple of times. Well, it echoed everywhere. And it's like, nothing was like, I think I, may, I, I at the time, I think it's like, I think I may have shot myself in the foot. Well, as the, as the night rolled on, it's like 800 yards away. I see this group of five and it's like oh there's a buck on there too but it's like it's on a piece of property it's not actually in private that i don't have permission on and the does i the the activity i expected to see like they showed up right at um sundown but i think what ended up happening was that i think by by calling and sense of echo so much they were able to pinpoint me in a second they knew they knew the the personality of the area that it was it just seemed off and sure enough i hear them walk out and it's like right at dusk and they didn't want to move because they saw me because i'm setting up here although i was actually sitting up on the top of a ridge so this way i had um a, this way upwind from them and i knew they're gonna come downwind but the way the wind was working was in my favor so i was like all right and then all of a sudden in bluff country just like it shifts so i was like i was able to reach down grab my nose jammer a couple spots a couple of shots in the air drifted on down they didn't move so good i didn't did not alert them but then it's like, they just didn't want to move out. And it's like, I got to figure out how am I going to change my body? So if I do get a shot, I'll be able to do it. But the, I had one doe at 25 yards and it was, I lifted my bow up, looked at my, my, through my HJ site and it was too dark. It's like, well, I'm just going to pack up my stuff and leave. Cause it's like, and when I walked out, they knew I was there. They didn't care. It's like, they didn't even snort at me or run off. So it's like, well, I, I must've did something right. Cause I didn't spook them. So, cause they learn of course how they do that. So. As I've hunted, I've I'm, I've changed different spots because I hit I go I sit right where they go to bed, and where they go out to eat. So it's like you know I'm 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 older, I'm a little more lazy, but it's like I know I've seen deer come out here, so like I'm not that competitive where I need to shoot a buck, but if one comes in front of me, I'm mean, be fantastic. But first, you're sitting on it. I don't know who all hunts it, and I don't I'm afraid to leave cameras out there because it's like I'm, they come they may come up missing. I've listened to some really good um, tips from. Uh, eric clark and uh greg tubbs from where to hunt podcast and they're guests but then you have to bring a ladder out and you have to bring it up in the air it's a lot of extra stuff to bring out so it's like how i just want to be low maintenance yeah. and that's how i was able to shoot some of my like my approach a couple years ago where i shot my buck at that was my approach i, I did less is more i i went out there maybe once a month just to kind of check everything and i I don't know if you, if you do this, but I actually started corresponding the moon cycle with the bucks that show up. Did, did, did you, have you done any of that type of, uh, study or research one with the, the, the bucks on your land? I,
2: you know, not much. I, I've tried tracking it a little bit, but I just couldn't find any consistency over it. And, and part of it too, I mean, I didn't track it that well. Uh, but for me, there's, there's certain days throughout the year that seem to always bring those big ones on their feet put those big ones on their feet uh the mm-hmm. october 31st halloween and november 1st my favorite
1: two days to be in the, in the deer stand for mm-hmm. sure because yeah, this year i, I had a uh, wedding reception so i i, I I wanted to go hunting but it's like it's my cousin's reception so i need to go to it and mm-hmm. so it's like so i went there so i spent uh the, the 31st and the first doing all that so it, it, it was well worth it i got to hang out with some family and such so it was yeah it's, it's it's a good trade-off and stuff like that but uh i've learned a lot about where i'm hunting at now and how how close it is that it's like i now i can i can and with my flexibility and my tenure where i work at i can be able to flex some hours so this way i'm not using pto but I, it's like well, I, I have four hours of free I have four free hours. So it's like, well, if I just don't eat my during my lunch hour, I can just or five free hours, excuse me. I can either take two days and get off two hours early, or just get an hour off earlier. Well, if I do that all before the time changes, it's like, well, I can get out there before the deer start moving. Yeah. And a lot of times in September, like there's been days where I sat at eighty four degrees, I had deer show up right in front of me. Yeah. And it's like I did take a shot on one, but it's like the air wall right over the top. I don't need to go it's like I don't need to repeat that story. It's in it's like I've talked about it a couple times, but I'm I'm still happy that it was a it was a clear miss than a wounded animal. animal, You know, because that's like I've been there during gun season. That's why I don't really hunt gun season anymore. Now, since you shot him, are now uh, late gun season in Minnesota just ended? Are you going to do a muzzleloader season, or you just do bow and one and done?
2: Bow only. Yeah, I and. I have no problem with people that gun hunt, but my my preference is shooting them with the bow.
1: Yeah, uh, I just love it. Because I know where you're hunting next. I know last year they did a buck tag for for uh, for every single season that Minnesota had to offer because yeah. of of uh uh, w, or, uh CWD. CWD management. Are they doing the exact same thing this year that they did last year, or is it?
2: Yeah, I mean, from
1: I, I from what I'm aware of.
2: I, I don't think anything has changed from last year. Um, again, I don't, I don't gun hunt. So I, I haven't really paid attention to the rules, but mm. I'm, I'm almost positive that, that nothing has changed.
1: Well, the nice thing is you could still like, like, it's not like IO where they shut the season down. If I, if I'm, if I'm wrong, somebody can correct me, but I believe you could still oh, yeah. buy a gun tag and use your bow as a, as a weapon. But I take it, you like being strictly in camo and not wearing any orange.
2: I, I still go out. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: if you well if you hadn't shot him so it's like i didn't know if you were going to continue on it's like well sweet I get another buck tag I get another buck tag i don't know if you were one of those type ones it's just like i'm going to be competitive and just but then again i could feel that you're going to be pulling too much uh dna off the lane if you're if you're filling a buck tag every single time hey you were, you were
2: the deer shooting. gods i had you i don't want to screw with the deer gods
1: makes sense because some of the bucks you showed me it's like they're definitely shooters like i could see myself doing that but then again you're gonna wipe out your your genetics for yeah. several years, so it's like I'm me. Mean, if I if I had the access that you do, I would do the exact same thing. I'm good. Shot the shot the king of the hill and move from there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not greedy, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, I want to see older, mature bucks and get to that age, the same age as Mister Big. Uh, that's when they're. That's when it's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, to be able to see that that stuff it's just it's uncommon nowadays um so yeah I, i'm you know he, he's buck of a lifetime i'm super thankful for it mm-hmm. and uh, uh but i still love being out there so I, i'm still i still like i was out last weekend mm-hmm. i'll be out again this weekend you know and not even i'll probably bring my bow with a dough tag But uh, it's more just for scouting, just being out there.
1: That's that's the majority of my year. Because it's like now all the leaves are down, then you can go out there and make some changes and stuff like that. We we don't have any snow on the ground, at least in our part uh, of the lacrosse area. So it's like you're able to go walk out and like, well, I can like, I like this spot right here. And I can put up a a cam here or something like that. Kind of explore some stuff, you know, so you have that option.
2: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It, for me, it's never it's never been about just killing something, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's about the chase uh, of a specific target buck um, and having that chess match and trying to win, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I have nothing but respect for the animals. They're, I mean, majestic. I, they're just, they're... They're so skittish and weary that they seem really smart.
1: <laughs> um, we don't get that old for being stupid. Yeah, myself. yeah.
2: They just hunker down, man. I never deer is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just it's enjoyable. Um, you know, seeing seeing bucks grow, seeing them from one year to the next mm-hmm. uh, is, is fun and again, just, just trying to learn. Um,
1: that's what it's all about. That's what I love. Yeah. It's it's something that you, there's a lot of professionals out there that know a lot about bucks, but it's like, it's still, it's like, it's very difficult. Like I, there's a gentleman that's been on the podcast, Matt Powell, and he does a four or five state trip every year. And he just capitalizes and shoots some monster bucks and very humble guy works his ass off the other 12 months of the year and he just really dedicates a lot of time to the rut and pulling off some major stuff and like I think this year he shot another five massive bucks I mean thinking a total of like 700 inches of or, 700 or 800 inches total between all the bucks he shot it's Incredible! but it's like he's just he's just got that knack and he goes from Tennessee to Indiana to Ohio and just he just got that drive, man. It's like, good for you, dude. It's like, go for it. And, you, and it's like, he works hard. So he works hard for his his wife, his family, and stuff like that. And it's like, he's bringing home meat, but he's also bringing home his mass things. And it's like, he, that guy he can talk days about how how he does his, his digital scouting and such and going from there. And I picked up on a couple of things and it changed how I perceive the Bluff Country because I've been hunting in Minnesota. It's like, I've been hunting over by Rochester area. And that's kind of flat and it's got a very it doesn't have as yeah. many ravines unless you get towards like chatfield and preston and stuff like that over that area and that's where used to hunt over in chatfield i still have i'm still i still have rights to or, or permission to hunt the guy's land it's just the people that hunt the land i don't like because there's one that's a know-it-all and I, you know and the nice thing he's 30 years old and i am smokes out of shape so it's like all i'm just waiting for him is just to
3: Give retire, yeah. yeah
1: essentially yeah because it's like the the always loved me because it's like i was always I'm the only one that would and, and, and that would actually go out and actually clean up the roadways and then and patch the um fence lines like or actually going and cleaning up the creek because he has two springs on his land and he hates the the uh, dnr because they would just show up drive out park and just start walking in well a friend of, or uh, an ex partner of mine we used to go out hunt there and we'd go out there in the spring and we'd clean up the uh the creek so this way there you wouldn't give the dnr a reason to show up right but now from what i understand though well, dnr just grab a, a drone and just send it down that's all they do which makes sense because talk about saving time and energy I I, I I i would miss that though because like why it's like it takes it takes out the advantage yeah. of walking out there and doing it but you know they have other things to do too and it's one of those things where it's going to be a dying art to go out there and walk around because you know how awesome it would be just to go out and explore and do all the fun stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's like, you get to see different random things, you know, it's like how, uh, technology replacing at least the technology is, is not bleeding into the hunting realm. So it's like, we don't have anybody using drones to go out and scout, but it's, it's a little difficult to not have your cell phone on you when you're out in the tree stand, even though it states in the regs not to use it. But then again, are like, we've seen those accidents. We've seen people get messed up or get hurt. And bad things happen to them it's like well if they're out there by themselves like what's going to happen to them? like when I showed you where I climbed up that bluff here in Wisconsin it's like I sent my wife a GPS coordinates to let her know it's like if something bad happens to me this is the last known recording spot I, I was at so it's like they have at least a spot to start off at yeah if I followed the regulations I wouldn't have had my cell phone on me but it's like I was out by myself so it's like I need to have that lifeline yeah no I think it's it's a very weird. It's a very weird regulation, but I've, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like we we've, There's too many been too many accidents, you know. It's like you gotta. And then uh, I don't know if you heard this, but in Wisconsin this year, this last year we had three elks get shot. This year we've only had two, but it's like, really, you shot two elks. So you couldn't really realize a 600 pound animal compared to a 200 pound animal, really, really. But then it then it lets me know it's like these people aren't actually looking. They're not actually looking at the target, they're looking through the target. They're not gonna know where the, that that round's gonna end up at. And so it, it gives a bad name. But the DNR is very strict about it. They, they give a, a pretty nasty punishment I bet. for it. I bet. They should. And then what was it down in Nebraska? Uh, there was a there was a outfit down there that got themselves in some massive trouble for out of uh, bringing people from Iowa, Missouri, hunting the land or stuff like that not paying attention, not, not following the regulations and stuff like that. So oh. they got busted early this year and Dury's used to hunt out there. Nope. They sever their ties real quick. Oh, I bet. Which I don't blame them, but it's like, I like, uh, those, those, uh, operations out there that bring in the, for outfitters. It's like, I, it's just one of the things that, that, just doesn't, doesn't seem to sit right with me. Yeah. I mean,
2: outfitters are better than high fence, but, and i think to each his own right Mm -hmm. some people they they like to be set up like hey you do the work i want to sit here i'm gonna pay you this much money and i want to have a crack at yeah a good one Mm -hmm. uh where for me guys like me and, and you it's it's more about i mean the setup that that's like half the fun that's mm-hmm. the majority of the fun the chase the trying to trying yeah. to win trying yes. to beat them in their own backyard it's
1: competitive nature for it and it's like i feel like it's, it's almost cheating i don't I, it's like i can't uh blame somebody for them that wants to go out there and do that but uh with the amount of public land and like especially these are god's creatures here there shouldn't be a, there shouldn't be a price tag on it because eventually if you put a price tag on something it's going to get priced to the point where nobody else can do it unless you make make x and that affects a lot of um People that don't have that 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 their skill set doesn't fall along with the, the, the amount of money they're making. So it's like it's a, it's a, it's we could be opening up the uh, door, eating leading into Europe. I mean, right now it's like if you have if you're a foreign exchange student over here, and you're a resident. If you follow the they go through the whole process, you can get a tag and go out hunting. But yeah. I feel bad over there because like you, you have to own the land, you have to there's a bunch of hoops you have to jump through. They they don't have the same freedom as we do, and it's like that's the reason why we have our public land and we have companies like mons or bayer because i can't say monsanto because bayer owns monsanto now so like these companies coming in and buying up all this land we're going to lose that and it's like when you start charging people then you have to bring insurance into the play Mm -hmm. And when insurance gets in the game as we've all learned it gets it gets sticky yeah because then you have to have a policy for x amount and then the price goes up because well well happened last year somebody got shot now it's gonna go up it's like i've been in the paintball industry for over like 25 years now no 23 years 23 years i've been in the paintball industry there's only like two or three companies worldwide that'll cover a field you have one accident that's a million they have most most fields have to carry a million dollar policy well it's like nine it's like that's a really expensive premium to pay every single month even though you could go decades without having an issue but one claim can jeopardize your entire outfit
2: yeah, there's actually specific companies out there that do
1: insure uh, hunting leases and stuff, and it's fairly reasonable. Okay, because you're actually an insurance guy, so maybe you can fill in the, fill in some blanks there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, so it's uh, I mean, it's it is it's common nowadays, and it's it's to protect the landowner actually. That's um, what I figured. Yeah, it, it's smart because landowners allowing you to hunt, but if you go on the property and you get injured. I mean, it's not saying that you are going to sue that landowner, but the health insurance company for you getting injured, they could go after him because. Oh,
1: that's a valid point. Yeah. Because it's like, because it, even in the regulations, like in Minnesota, it's like you can let somebody hunt and land, the, the bureaucracy stops. But then again, you got the health insurance. Hey, company.
2: anyone can sue anybody for anything.
1: That's very true. We found that over, like listening to some very interesting claims that filed that are that people doing stupid stuff and it's like we've we've we've, we've lacked the, the the self-responsibility for it all exactly i mean
2: you're exactly right it, it, it is it's it's sad it really is that we need insurance for some of the stuff that that we need insurance for mm-hmm. but um at the end of the day it's just protecting you gotta protect you your family and your assets yep. what you own uh and, and especially those landowners which that's the biggest thing right is I mean I would love to have you know 200 acres 300 400 I mean 80 acres right yeah uh, so for them to give us the opportunity to be able to hunt on it I'll, I'll pay you know two to four hundred dollars a year for um, at least
1: you know basically
2: liability policy.
1: Yeah, it sounds like that's basically what it is for leases. You're you're not paying for the land; you're paying for the the insurance plan. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's 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 definitely part uh, of it. Would make sense because, like, if you if you're familiar with this area right here, we got Trumplow County, we got Buffalo County, Crawford County. All these some of these counties are known for some of the the biggest bucks that are produced worldwide and uh yeah it's like all this land is all for le- most of it's all for the least, stuff like that so it's like yeah, it's you know getting to, to that understanding of it it's, like, it's it's about what not what you know but it's like who you can be around to let you can fill it in because like we talked earlier tonight about taxes like we, we don't know enough about taxes but we pay somebody that can help us out too it's like if you don't know what's going on you find somebody that does and that's about all about networking and so that's what you got to do. It's like all about building spider webs there, and it's like I'm 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 using a uh, Chris Ham there because that's that's what he's known for is usually always expanding your spider webs. I like that. That's
2: mm-hmm. great. I mean, it's true. There's...
3: The Tetra was the first site that we introduced the Infinite Adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug and play type of scope pausing where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now when you sight in your 20 yard mark, you can really fine tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is uh, away from your bow. And the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five ace, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin, multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhjsports.com
2: Networking is the best thing you can possibly do. Mm-hmm. If you want to grow and learn
1: by far oh yes and then then the nice thing is like we have onyx maps and hunt stands so it allows you an opportunity to actually reach out to these landowners and such to go hunting and like you could just simply like like you were telling about your story down there in iowa that you just ask the guys like hey can we go and uh go shed hunting and you guys pulled out some fantastic uh sheds but that's a good way to open up the door to get onto somebody's of these properties like hey it's like can i go shed hunting i see that you're you're a crop farmer and it's like Every farmer can tell you how how upset they get when they find a antler stuck in the side of their um, white walls. And all that know that they like, well, there there's a three hundred dollar tire you gotta fix or five hundred dollar tire, depending right. on how how what what it what it's on. So it's like I, I it's it's an easy way to walk into that option right there.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Get you some
1: exercise. Get you outside, especially that time of year. Oh yes, and it's like right now. It's like we've been having uh, like over the last. How's the last decade? We've had some very mild beginnings up until pretty much Christmas time. We've had some very mild years. Some years we've we've had eighty degrees all the way up until uh, uh, November, beginning of November, and then we've had other years that have stayed gotten really cold. But no snow has been produced. So, but I I think it's like it's like part of the whole globing the 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 warming aspect of it because we've been in warming process since the 1850s according to steve ranella and uh, like uh, uh graham hancock and, and such and those guys and, and it's not necessarily like we have global warming like the, the like, like they say that the humans are playing it, but we've had multiple uh eruptions of of uh, what's the word for volcanoes and that uh, seems it seems like we have a very good balance the nice thing about earth it, it lets us know when it's pissed and so it's like we we'll be able to balance it out, but with having these 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 longer growing seasons and warming seasons, this is the time where we can be building our our most beautiful structures and and redoing a bunch of stuff. But yet we we you you just came to lacrosse. You've seen how bad our roads are. Yeah, it's brutal. So we have that aspect there, but uh, we we're able to get out and hunt longer and such because you're not as comfortable. And, I, and then when you're preparing yourself and like looking at ways to do it, like I like uh, like Sitka's gear and. Um, uh, first light because they they give you preferences on what to, how to lay yourself down to to maintain a comfort. You know, it's like I've gotten into using hot hands for my boots. I use a, I use an 800 green boot with a, um, hot hands, which is a nine hour thing. So I'm set comfortably. Or uh, a couple years ago, we bought electric socks, and those have, those have not let us down. Yeah, I've I've got battery powered socks. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's like out of all the entire body can get cold as long as your feet stay warm, you can last for hours. Yeah. Cause it's like it's a downside about being here in the Midwest. It's like we can only walk from fence to fence, but we don't want to give too much away because we're gonna spook Mister Big here. Because we can't, we don't have the luxury of walking across state lines. Because I was at, I was talking to my dad's neighbor. And he was seventy six, seventy seven years old. And he was saying when, when he was between twelve and twenty five, it's like you could walk across um fence lines without having any pushback. 'Cause then again, but the in the communities were much different. We weren't distracted by um, a television or programming. It's they were able to they had that that camaraderie. So it's like, oh, it's like, hey, I'm going out I'm going out hunting. It's like, do you mind if i cross fences or whatever? Yeah. But you build that trust because like the, the integrity was there. You don't have to worry about people destroying stuff these days. Right. Like they did like back then, nobody did it. Everybody respected stuff and always provide some good feedback, especially if you're running cattle, sheep, uh, pigs. Yeah
2: yeah man no i couldn't agree with you more uh a lot i mean some of that change is due to cameras too now people know what's out there
1: yes yes i had a guy when i was out when i walked to that bluff he says like well you're on camera It's like well actually technically according to the dnr i am actually on farm management land so it's like whether me being on a camera or not doesn't mean anything it's like i, I talked to my dnr guy I sent him the coordinates where i'll send it it's like nope you're you're fine where you're at so it's like and guy got upset with me and it's like at the time it's like i didn't want to cause a ruffle when i made all the way to the top yeah but it's like he's already out there driving around with his atv spoken everything up so it's like well oh, fine i'm i'm not going to deal with that drama because it's like based off of how he treated me it's like you're obviously a selfish person yeah because it's like if you know what's going on and i start quoting everything off and i started wor- using everything that the dnr gives you so when you're running into that you're not i wasn't being snarky or anything i was just like Liam like, knows. according to this i'm fine yeah and then i sent off the coordinates it's like nope you're fine too it's like okay good so this way then it's like the next time it's like you next time you have a problem with that call me right there on the spot it sounds like you have a reception there just give him the phone and i'll give him an earful. yeah because technically now he's trusting it's like well farm management lands on nice, technically trespassing it's just utilizing the top of the bluff right but needless to say i want go back up there because that's a long way up and i'm just thinking if i shot a buck all the way up there i had to get it all the way back down to my truck which was 600 yards the way the crow flies but it's like that's not including going downhill it's like we're zigzagging all the way down it still took me like 25 minutes 30 minutes to get down to the bottom of it and i had to get all the way across it was but it's it was just a beautiful sight though but it's like i was looking at uh google maps and like looking at like zero easier way and there's no real way to go unless you go to the farmer on the way to the back side there and it's like good luck trying to get permission from him cuz i'm assuming that was the guy that was running all around through there cuz it's like cuz he he the way cuz the way the, the land sloped had all um uh, farmland and it's like where where i was hunting at it's like it's perfect i'll show you on the, on the phone here after we wrap up but it's it's interesting and in how you want to approach something in public land so but yeah. it's like, I was, I was, I was, I wanted to actually wanted somebody this year on the public land to ask them like, how long you've been hunting this? What do you think? Like, it just kind of create camaraderie and, and like, what, like, what do you think we could do differently about this? What do you think we could do to promote this and stuff like that and to avoid conflict and such? Like, what do you think? Yeah. Like, but I never ran into anybody.
2: You know, I feel the same way on public or on, on private land too. You know, neighbors, I like, I wish it was more open you know like letting each other know what uh what they have for pictures you know what's out there because we you know it's not like there's a bunch of people that are that own thousands of acres you know Mm -hmm. of, of land they're not holding you know herds of deer that are just living solely on their land they're living all over so why
1: why don't we you know yeah, exactly. It's like communicate. Yeah, it's like, well, hey, I found this dude. Do you have this one on yours? Like, well, like, well, how about we do this? Like, well, we can leave this buck off off limits. We can leave this buck off limits. Exactly. And creating that that communication, that dynamic to really grow it, because I was listening to my my uh, my best friend's dad, and he was talking to like his neighbor and him. I just they're they're just for some odd reason they're very competitive, and they don't want anybody communicating yeah. with them. And stuff like it's that. common. And it's, it's common. like I don't get it because like. Well, now it's like, because like, uh, he showed me a couple of small bucks that I, like he says it's on private lines, it's like you guys should pass on those and let them grow up and then and find some of the more mature ones. Yeah. And, but it's like, I'd be afraid it's like the more mature ones are sitting over there and it's like, and then and they'd be, feel, they feel like they're going to be left out and stuff. And then it's like, well, if you guys work together it's like well, I won't shoot this one. I won't shoot this one. But like, and it's like, or it's like, well, it seems like he beds the most on this point right here. It's like, I won't shoot him. This is your buck right here. I won't, I won't causing conflict and then it's like i got this buck over here it's like well th- that's your buck you can shoot him it's like if he shows up on ours i'll text you let you know and i'll take some pictures and then and hopefully like maybe maybe we can get him flip-flop like, yeah well
2: for, for me it's not even like okay that's you know that's my buck that's your buck whoever gets the opportunity gets the opportunity value but good point but you can communicate and because you're on the same page you're gonna let some deer walk that should walk that that are are younger instead of what happens a lot now is you know people will end up pulling the trigger because they're like well if i don't shoot it you know it's gonna hop over the fence and someone else is gonna shoot it it's like well not if you're on the same page
1: yeah
2: i it just to me it makes sense to like if the neighboring landowners and I get it, it, it's not for everybody, and I'm not saying that everyone has to participate, right? No, it's but teach their own. Yeah, but I, I just think there's there's a lot of a lot of people out there, a lot of landowners out there nowadays that are wanting to shoot those big bucks, but yet it's tough for them to wait, like line up for that buck to get older, yeah. where if you have you know few neighboring landowners that are working together like here here's what we have for inventory so to speak mm-hmm. uh you know these are you know here's the three mature bucks you know on the land those are open game these ones are younger let, let them, them let them, on, yeah. let them live yeah because then like, next year you have you know another age class of deer
1: yes and those those deer will be able to bred so it's like an or it's like you look as it, like, hey, we got this weird looking one. Is he showing up on yours? Like, if anybody has an opportunity, take him off because we don't want those a coal buck. It's like whoever shoots that buck, it's like that whoever gets it, the statue like a, a random stuff or something like that to it. But I, uh my best friend's dad is like he's sixty six years old. He doesn't know how many how many more years he's going to be able to get up in a tree stand. So it's like you know, like his goal is he wants to shoot a beautiful typical buck, and it's like he'd love to see shoot like a one seventy class or one eighty class. Yeah. But he feels like with the with the the competition and then and, and everything with the neighbors like he, he's like he's not sure if he's gonna be able to pull it off because he's shot many bucks in this land because it's like it's, it's his wife's uh parents land and they've they've had it well they've been married for 40 some odd years they've been hunting out there for for decades but because like that that that, that the rivalry in a sense that's unnecessary like i'd love to see him be able to get one of those and i bet he would retire after that because he's like because all the bucks that he has they're all european mounts he doesn't have a shoulder mount. Hmm. he's thinking like, I'm, I'm, I'm this close to maybe getting the clothes on, getting the crossbow because he, he, he can't do it. He can't draw. So it's yeah. like, well, then go, go to your chiropractor in town, get yourself a note, take a DNR and get yourself a crossbow. Yeah. And it's like, you can buy a $2,000 one or you can, you can buy a $500 one. You know, it's like, they all do the exact same thing. It's all, it's just right. like, and I was like I, like, I was telling him, it's like, if I wanted to get into crossbow because Wisconsin, we can, you can use all forms. And so, which is fantastic. Well, if I'm going to buy a crossbow, I want to buy the, the lightest one I can find. Cause it's like, I'm not going to drop 1200 bucks on a Raven. And it's like, I want to find one that's competitive, but it, it's light. Cause it's like, if you're walking in, it could be, and you have to get to your spot. That's seven, 800 yards away. You have to, you drag a deer and that weight with you too. Cause the bow is the only way like maybe four, maybe six pounds at most with you. If you have your quiver on you. You want to be make light work of everything, especially if they on them out. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, that's for sure, man. It's, uh, but it, yeah, it's just, it's funny how the game is changing. Uh, people are more protective of their, of their quote unquote, their deer. And I yeah. personally am not like that. I, I was at one point, but
1: now I think it's that after you, you can't get, control after, it. After you get a buck in or, out of your system, it's like you're, you're a little more relaxed. Yeah. And then everything else down, like I still want to get my wife in front of a, of a buck. Cause it's like, she's worked hard. She bought her own bow. You know, I bought all the accessories for her, but it's like, she's put in the hour she's been shooting. Like, you know, I think the next thing I'm gonna get her is a, uh, a lens for her, a two X lens this way. Cause her eyes are just getting worse. And, but it's like, I want her to be able to, get past 30 yards because it's like I want to make her feel comfortable shooting at 40 so when the buck shows up at 20 it's going to be a chip shot you know Mm -hmm. like I was I I was learning my tetra sight and I was sitting down like what I normally set in sit down draw back I'm just shooting there and I was like I'm learning how my ball works between five to 20 yards and like making sure I'm confident about it and like am I am I seeing it right so if I'm shooting something at 20 yards if I'm going to aim two inches high am I going to put it where I want just kind of build that muscle memory
2: yeah yeah i mean a lot of times my thought i again everyone's different right Mm -hmm. but i use i've used hha for ever i mean i haven't owned actually another site and it's a one pin Mm -hmm. um i'm actually gonna try a two pin but the uh that, that chris is gonna dial up for me but um at 20 yards or i use my 20 yard pin for anything i mean i've shot deer at 36 yards yeah. with my 20 yard pin and thing is i'm not like hovering way above them i want to i want to hit low like i want my arrow to go basically i want my arrow to 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 fly where their brisket is or like the bottom you know their belly is mm-hmm. because they're gonna drop. They're gonna hear it. They're gonna drop. Uh, last, well, not not Mister Big. He was at twenty five yards, but the previous two bucks that I shot were thirty between thirty two and thirty six yards, and both of them used twenty yard pin, and they ducked. I mean, they they ducked right into my arrow essentially.
1: Nice. I only I. I managed to get him, and I waited to where his head was eaten. And I drew back, and I launched it, and hit um, water of the shoulder, double lunged him, and what kind of worked out my favor is that my my uh, arrow snapped, so I had sixteen inches of arrow sent in his brisket. So it's like I, I was able to use eat the heart and and get rid of the lungs, so it's perfect. So it's like Absolutely. that's that's a, a valuable thought right there. It's like man, it's like that actually makes sense. So it's like practicing at thirty and forty yards with the twenty yard pin. Could actually be a very benefit because I know like uh, when people go out to Hawaii and go shoot access deer, it's like, that is a difficult thing to pull off because they move fast, fast, and, super fast. And it's like, you gotta, move, you gotta hit a, a lighter arrow. You gotta be super fast. And it's like, which would make sense. So if like you're trying to shoot something it's like that, deer is going to jump, drop and she can run.
2: Yeah. I, pretty? I honestly, so this is, I think, I think four years ago, three or four years ago, uh, had met nephew with me i was filming him and filming him he shot a buck at 17 yards and uh at 17 yards that buck dropped six inches
0: wow yeah that's
2: a that's I, a deep it was, drop it was it was insane i mean he ended up killing him and everything was good but when he first hit it, it was like man that's higher than you wanted but Mm -hmm. he ended up you know getting both lungs but it was like we i had it on video so we slow-moed it and i mean you can see how far his back dropped and it was insane how far they dropped Uh and it's just because they're just they hear something and they're just ready to Mm bound so they're like springing they're loading so when they load it's like they're squatting down to
1: spring because they don't know if it's gonna like uh, well, they don't know if it's going to be a coyote. They don't have sure if it's going to be because we have bear around here too. But like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any trail cams pop up on social media regarding wolves this far south. But no, my uh, uh, father in law's grandpa, there was a wolf that was down in his area, and he lives over by uh just north, uh, just over by P- Princeton, uh, Illinois. There, and they had wolves that far. I think it's just someone that just kind of just trucked his way on down and. And got kicked out of his pack or something like that, got separated, just kept in walking down. And that's what they've been having issues with bear showing up. And, like, well, we found a bear cub skull in Myrick Park here in town. Now that was kind of a random thing to find. At least you found it when we were walking to the park there. And I went up and grabbed it and, it was like, talked to the DNR. And it's like, and that's what they told us what it was. Like, no kidding. And it was just kind of random spaces where, where bear are going to be at. And then, then uh, earlier this year, there's a young lady that shot a magnificent 800 pound black bear in crazy. sparta and it's like where do you go from there it's like shooting a 190 class it's like huh. i'm good yeah
2: pretty much
1: unless you go unless you find those random ones where they're 210 230 but it's like they're usually a non-typical about yeah that point. yeah if they're a little bit of inbred and then or you watch the uh go out of a high fence operation where they have these massive racks where they have they're just every these non-typical bucks you know
2: right right yeah i mean again i one part about living near the mississippi too is you have some steep unlike like huntable terrain yeah and and some big bluffs where, where i hunt i mean we're talking steep big oh yeah blasts, big, yeah. big yeah. ground and that's another reason why you know you can see bigger deer mm-hmm. i mean a lot of it's unhuntable there's a lot of places for them to hide it's not set up perfect for the hunter
1: no it's set up for for their success
2: exactly that's why you see older age class deer
1: that's a good point that's why we see a lot of them a lot of 200 class rolling these parts because i think uh, lacrosse or county record is like 99 something that was shot in 2014 there hasn't been a bigger buck since but that was shot in lacrosse county
2: yeah i mean i i love the country around here for many the reasons driftless, but-
1: the driftless area yeah it's like I can understand why my my uncle and my aunt settled in Winona out of all the places they could be. Because like when, when my dad met my mom back in the seventies, they were living in, in Osage, Iowa, and they but they lived in, in uh, Minnesota and in, in Iowa and in South Dakota and Nebraska. And so they really bounced around and housed, and it There's like now I understand why they settled in Winona because it's just beautiful. Yeah. and it's one of the, it's, it's oddly enough one of the cheapest counties living in Minnesota and because well until what did depends on what Waltz is gonna do because he has to pay for the 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 lack of uh, leadership that displayed over the last summer
2: because
1: because yeah. the people are because he's not gonna pay for it no. the people are gonna pay for it and so property taxes are gonna probably gonna go up and such
2: yeah I mean it's gonna be interesting to see what goes on that's yeah. for sure
1: because I know I know uh, it's like like Waltz asked uh, the president for a hand like you want you're like hey can I have 55 million it's like as a good parent would say like you said no your mistake you figure it out Yeah. and that's that's what the accountability that we that that is that that's what's instilled in, in hunters because it's our it's our thing it's like we feel like shit when we shoot a deer and, 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 it, and it didn't go down right away or uh or they get lost or like i have a fr- there's a i have a friend of mine down in um well, you don't you know, listen to this thing. You know where in And if you go, it's a kiwuski or something like, well, I can't pronounce the name, but it's further east. He shot a buck here a few weeks ago and he got, he shot it and they, have no, they haven't found it yet. He tracked it with dogs the second day and what, and they kept them going out, kept them going out, kept them going out. And then he, then the, the land they was hunting on, the guy owns a plane. So he hopped up in a plane and, drove and flew around that and still couldn't find it. But man, he's like, he's still hating life. He's feeling it, but that's just, you know, it's, he thought he put a good shot on it, and sometimes it did, that's not the case, or he didn't wait long enough. Like uh, Jake, when he shot Yukon, I mean, he put a good shot on it, but since it was a 180 class, like he didn't want to push it, and all of a sudden it runs three, four miles away, and so he waited. The, the downside was the, the the coyotes got to it, but you know he was able to recover the deer, and uh, even though he didn't get to, he didn't, he just ended up donating all the meat. So it's like because they, they sent it to his. Uh, a taxidermist and it's like and since he didn't have the time to actually break the deer down he figured it was just easier just to donate the meat to the charity and then just pay for the out. so it's like either way it's like he was able to rescue the save the buck yeah but it's like a, it's like someone like when you shoot a buck it's like you like that the, the meat the reward the antler is just the trophy mm-hmm. but the the real experience the real trophy is the experience the time the energy and the scouting you put into it that's the real trophy and that's the thing what people uh, I try to do is try to conv- convey to people is like it's not the hunt of the animal it's 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 the hunt of the animal is the trophy it's not killing the animal that's right because it's like there's been there's been times where I've gone out hunting over the years and I have not shot a single deer all season but it, it was fun yeah. it was fun it was better than working
2: absolutely it's yeah it's all a learning experience too uh, being out in in nature I mean we all need more of that in our lives, yes. Uh, especially nowadays, yeah, in exactly. the times that we're in. So uh, there's no better way to do it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and a fun fact for Wisconsin, no, this is this is a little off topic here, but the the Wisconsin DNR uh, said there was a 12 percent increase of females hunting in the state of Wisconsin this year. And like that's like that's fantastic news, that is, you know? That is because the cool thing, the cool thing about hunting is like you, it, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. If you put the time and the energy into it and you take that right shot, whether it be a bow, crossbow, a gun, everybody's equal in that right there. It's just it's however, however much time you get behind the string or get behind the trigger yeah it's just it's just it's fantastic about it. it's like then we cause speaking like we both have daughters you know it's like yeah I'm, I'm raising my daughter around firearms and around hunting so it's like I just want her to know it's like if you're if you know how to hunt and clean a deer or clean fish the rock just gets bigger or the but the thing is though it's like guys don't understand is like country girls are expensive because some of them like raising <laughs> some of them like a new gun some of them like a new pistol some of them like new new wardrobe And it's like things you can't do that for Christmas Thanksgiving or or christmas birthday or valentine's day you can't get them it's like you you can buy them a gun you can buy them a whole bunch of stuff but you can't use those holidays to get them a new something yeah right that's true
2: uh you know my my daughters actually love venison Mm -hmm. i mean we just ate you say venice steak two nights ago Oh.
0: oh
1: man isn't it nice like when they eat it
0: we're at the 2020 ata show at a veteran innovative products uh, an all-american made and manufactured broadhead so we've got a new one for 2020 called the combat veteran four blade as you can see four blades it's got a lot of the same high quality materials we use with our original two blade veteran but the combat veteran has a different deployment system how it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades okay those compress and then the broadhead opens roll those blades up and then it's a click and another click on the other side it's completely set in will not prematurely deploy will not rattle free solid containment 100 percent deployment every time so we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time so that's what's new for vip this year
2: oh yeah
1: it's it's like, i don't care if you don't Love if you it. don't eat your vegetables it's like eat the meat
2: yeah well, it's cool just because, and there's nothing more healthy.
1: True. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can't get more healthy. Yeah, I absolutely love it, man. Oh, I, venison, it's like I like that gamey taste and stuff like that. It's like, and like when people say they don't, I don't like the gamey taste, it's like, well, you're not eating cattle. Yeah. It's like you eat venison for the distinct flavor because it's like it's a flavor profile that's fun to cook with. You know, like uh, I was watching on um, uh, uh, Master Chef, I think it was like season seven or something like that. The woman, the girl that won it, c- won it by cooking venison coated in coffee, and just knocked it out of the park. Is like, I don't want that recipe, hmm. and she did it with tenderloin. So it's like, because it's like it, uh, that's the thing about what like, when you do a Master Chef, it's like all those all those all that meats from probably from uh, Australia or something like that because they like, they can grow, or probably from a, a deer farm or something like that because it's like we can't market hot wood. Right. Yeah. So. yeah, 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 no uh
2: that's a huge part of it though. It's it's not just about the kill, like you said. Way more, way more that goes into it.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if like for I for me, it's like I gave away so much meat when I shot my buck. I gave some meat for my unc my cousins, my uncles, my dad, uh, you know, my friends around here. I mean, I gave one uh one of the guys I work with, I gave him some backstrap. And it's like, don't do this very often, man, but you're gonna get some backstrap just because it's like you're 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 a good dude. Yeah, and it's like he was. It's like he knew, like I was, like it's like because he he respected the meat so much that it, I I knew he was gonna cook something delicious with, and which he did. So it's like I can't be arguing. Like he fi- he figured it out. Made he made something delicious because he hunts too. But it's like with his schedule, like he he w- w- with the company we work with, he's always bounced around between mm-hmm. our locations. So he managed to make it. So he does not able to hunt anymore. So but here you go, man awesome. That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. It's the, the, the reward. Cause like my dad, he's retired. He fishes. Is like, I got a whole, I got a whole fridge full. It's like, there's some people that I've had on the podcast, like here, take some fish. Yeah. Right? I got. It's like, I got a whole bunch of it. It's like, we got the ice fishing coming up. So I need to make room for that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah
1: Cause if you, if, if the Lord provides and it's like, if you're able to return that bounty to somebody else that the karma goes into, it goes into your life and it spreads the good, the wealth out because of that bounty and it's like and it's, and it's not ill-gotten gains it's like it's just all about providing for other people because it's like i can give you i can give you a bag of fish and if you petition just right that can feed you for several days
2: yeah absolutely well uh, there's nothing better than seeing someone having that experience like out hunting oh yeah like the when when even even when like a deer's underneath your stand mm-hmm. it's like people can't believe that like how do they not know that we're here. Things like that or their first, you know, deer that they shoot with bow or gun or when they go out fishing and they're able to flay some fish, mm-hmm. just seeing them and and like enjoy something that they've never even mm-hmm. thought about doing is huge. Yeah. And if they pick it up for like you know, life, like they continue to do it mm-hmm man there's nothing better
1: i think and right now our our voter or our hunting uh, um, uh retention it falls off once they go to college and it's like it's a 25 year olds so we need to get them back out in the field and get them back with out the on, on the lake or river so this way they they can instill that tradition still and kind of revitalize the uh the the past
2: mm-hmm. i agree yeah yeah it's Sad in that regard, that mm. the younger generation is kind of.
1: That's the thing about it. it's like, well, it, it, there's a, there's a dynamic to it, and it takes some deep thought about it. But it's like over time, is that we we spent more time instead of having the kids outside, we brought them inside. But the, the worst part is, is that we we publicize these these this evil like, uh, um, with John Wayne Gacy, and, and uh, BTK, and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, and these 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 influential these killers and stuff like that we, we we've we create our society where we want everybody inside right. and that's not what we should be doing We're, we've lost that community aspect of it all and it's like in in the people that have the most fulfilling lives don't have televisions or if they have a cell phone it's just a basic flip phone you know yeah oh yeah no and I think that's where we're at it's like it's just because of all that conditioning and all the stranger danger in the early 80s and the 90s and the pedophiles all over the place like if you look if you bring up a map of lacrosse there are so many pedophiles in this town it's ridiculous and the worst part is a drug dealer can get more time than a pedophile does but the thing is like a dead pedophile doesn't repeat you know it's like and then what to think just this year alone um in europe or someplace, i, don't, I can't remember what country it was but they now have made a mandatory life sentence if you're for if you're a pedophile and it's like that's the way it needs to be here. But then, then the worst part is if you—I don't know if you heard about it—you got SB one forty-five on in California. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos back in twenty fifteen when he sat down with uh, Joe Rogan, he said the next um, civil rights movement, the Democrats are going to adapt to pedophilia. And sure as shit, guess what happened? This interview was happened in twenty fifteen. This law just got passed by Gavin Newsom in twenty twenty. And so it's like this—this this, making pedophilia okay—is not the right idea to have. But I think that's what's what's happened He's like, I, I don't trust my daughter going out and playing. I, if it was 20 years ago, we had, like we send all of us out like one when, when it was nice outside when I was hanging with my cousins, they kicked us out of the house like, get out of here, go to the park, oh, yeah. do something outside and they would kick us out until sundown. You know, like the kids these days don't have that, 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 that luxury, that freedom because we have so many people in here that are so bad and so evil that we allow it to happen and we don't do anything different about it. That's why I think it's so scary because we both have daughters. And that's the worst part about it. But, you know, we, we teach them that uh, restraining orders are just a piece of paper. We start teaching them, like, we start bringing out bringing out caliber. Like, what is this? That's a 9mm. What's this? It's a 22. Mm-hmm. What's this? This is a 12 gauge. What's this? this? is a 20 gauge. So, having multiple firearms is not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, that's what I think that's what's really happened, to be honest with you, is, is why we've gotten this to this point. Yeah. Is why we don't have anybody outside playing around town. That's why the parks are barren empty. Yeah. It's like it's it's just an even despite what's going on right now with the C word, it doesn't, it doesn't like you know, it's like we, if you're outside exercise, that's how you boost it. Because a lot of people that get sick from the C word is because or any well any ditty disease with flu or or uh yeah getting sick and it's because a lack of vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc and stuff like that stuff to really to help hone your uh your your gut biome. That's why you don't see a lot of hunters sick because they're outside in the elements
2: yeah you
1: know and if you and if, if a guy is sick you're looking two three days that's it yeah I, you know yeah, yeah and it's like and a, a lot of us are working from home these days so it's like it's not hard to recover and work through it all and and blast your system with the right amount of nutrients and vitamins because it's like there's plenty of places where you can go and get it there's a lot of nutrition because the more you dig deep into uh, like how vital the sun is and the vitamin d cause like right now the vitamin D that we need, it's not happening because of the way this, the way the, the sun sets and the access and stuff like that. It's just, it's not there anymore. I have a, there's a guy I know that's his name, Stadius uh, Russell. He lives in um, Hudson, I believe. And he's a primal, he's a, he's a uh, biohacker. He looks at your body and like tells you how to like put the right stuff in. And so that's why it's like, he runs these retreats and like Win Hof, he talks about blood, do- like uh, bringing, bringing more oxygen into your blood. It's, like, Hof is something else, man. But it's like once you start doing his exercise, you, you when you know it, when you did it right, you get a state of euphoria it because it's like it's very interesting. You've listened to the, the first time Winhoff was ever on uh, Joe Rogan. The guy summited uh, Everest twice in just boots and shorts. He wanted to do it in just in, in, in just shorts and bare feet. They told him no. You have to use shorts. You have to use you have to have boots on. And he ca- climbed Count Millimanjaro, Mount Hood, you name it. He's climbed it all. And he said, because it's like he recognizes that if the body doesn't have enough oxygen, it leads to different um, issues with the brain. Hmm. And it's like his wife committed suicide back in 1990, left him with four boys to raise. And, and, he, and he's revolutionized the uh, mental health industry because of his aspect but when you have a petroleum-based uh medicine and you deal with Pfizer Johnson Johnson they don't like that stuff they don't like that type of uh new the 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 traditional types of healing because for centuries we've used roots and vitamins and minerals all from the United all out there that we can find and it's like that that knowledge is dead because all we do is go to the the doctor and like hey I need, I, I'm suffering this oh here's the penicillin hmm. And if you, if we learn from it, if we, if because we, I play this thing about Boy Scouts, like I got to learn about all these cool roots and parsnip and milkweed and, and all of our, yeah, um, aloe and stuff like that. these all didn't find like RPG coffee for our, for they found that aloe for the gut health is fantastic. So if you have an aloe plant, you, and you ingest some of that uh, sap, it's going to help clear up a lot of issues that you're having. That's why I gave you a couple of those right there. Yep. I don't know if you drink coffee, but it's I, like, I figured, like, give it a shot, man. Have it hot or cold, and then it tastes delicious either way you go with it. Mm. I just drink it straight black. I do, like, 14 ounces of water mixed with it. 200 milligrams, 220 milligrams of caffeine, so it gets you going. But the nice thing is, even though it's instant, it doesn't destroy your stomach like some instant coffees. And it's far better than Starbucks. Far better. I showed up to... Uh, um, a shootout with uh Chris hammond and for uh, uh, what was the last one? uh yeah. Oh, steven's point showed up up there, and I show. I guess it, Nate Nathan's there, and I show up with Starbucks. It's like, dude, come on, <laughs> types of thing. And it's just, it's just like we sat down, we had a conversation with it. So I recommend anybody listen to that podcast because it's like he showed me some very nice points to bring up because we talk about more health and about why like this plays a role and why we got involved with them plus that the work they do with veterans is just fantastic
2: yeah that's cool man
1: because yeah, they got the because we're, we're going to go through the remaining of coffee put a new order in we even do a coffee club too so you can have it shipped to you uh, it's, it's some pretty good stuff so I'm hoping you liked it now uh, do you have any like closing uh, things like that you want to tell us that you've learned about shooting this like what's the biggest lesson you learned about shooting mr big over the last four years that you can pass that knowledge on to somebody else that has a 190 class on their trail cam perseverance
2: don't give up and failure only makes you better
1: that actually if you replace failure with learning you never fail you only learn if you if you instill that with your kids it changes a whole different idea, a d- dynamic with it and also not going having to go to public school that's a big thing too yeah. but anyways folks Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America. Uh, check out RPG Coffee. Uh, they're fantastic. Uh, they, they, it's, and then we have some, I have some big news coming down the road here. Make sure you check out VIP Innovative Products, uh, Bass Patrol Nation, Cajun Unicorn. There's a bunch of cool stuff that I'm affiliated with. So give these guys, these, these small businesses some love because they need it. just... Just don't give your money to Walmart. Because remember, you can go to Walmart, but you can't go to
3: church.